1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. Have you ever thought about what your voice sounds like over the phone, Julie? (laughs) And if it turns people on?
0: (laughs) I haven't, but I... Okay, I'm going to admit that I actually really like virtual sex. Like, Whoa,
1: (laughs) okay. Wait, tell me more. Okay, well, I wasn't going there. I was just uh, talking about telemarketing, but okay. (laughs) Well,
0: everyone's already read the intro of what this episode is anyways, so it doesn't really matter. I'm not holding anything back. But I think I actually discovered, maybe this is my fetish. You know how everyone Mm. has a fetish, right? So when I did long distance back like a year ago, Mm -hmm. I discovered this pre-COVID-19 that there's something really sexy about being virtual. And I'm not saying that I would like prefer it to being in person with them. I definitely wouldn't. But I would say my ex and I that I did long distance with, we had like our kind of like WhatsApp video. We used WhatsApp video and things got a little spicy, you know? I'm not going to go too deep because, you know, I got to keep some things personal, but... It was hot, and I enjoyed it very much. And who instigated these? You know, it progressed. Okay, Mm. so we had talked about it before he left, because... Our first stint of long distance, he had just gone. I mean, it wasn't a long stint. It was just over the holidays when he was going back home. And then we had experimented then before we like actually did long distance. And we had talked about it before he went back, you know, keep it a little spicy. And I'm not really sure how that conversation got instigated. I can't really remember. But I do remember like when we were doing like long distance over the holidays It started to feel like we were just, like, having these, like, really, like, you know, how are you doing? Like, they weren't, like, good conversations. Mm, And it felt like we were, like, becoming friends. It felt like a a way I would talk to you, right? Like, it was, like, an update of our lives. And it just wasn't sexy at all. Mm. And then there was one night that was, like, our tipping point. <laughs> and I think he was, like, out at the bar beforehand. So he was probably, like, a little saucy a little there, titty. too. Uh-huh. Yep. And he started to remind me of sexual encounter we had. Ah, so that's it was, how it started. Yeah, so we started to, like, replay that through text.
1: Oh. And then it started,
0: like, getting a little hot and heavy. And then I remember, I think I was the one that was, like... I want to hear your voice. So then it like went into phone and video.
1: Oh. Do you think though, because see what I'm gathering is how this all started was reminiscing about a hot moment. Yes. Do you think people can do hot virtual sex without ever having had sex with each other before? So- My
0: personal opinion is it's a lot harder. Like, I think Mm. you can have, like, sexting with someone that you've never met. I think that might be a little easier, even though sometimes that can even feel uncomfortable. But I think, like, actually, like, I don't know, like, having a vibrator out or, like, doing something, like, very sexual with someone... I think you've needed to have sex before. That's my personal take.
1: Because it's using your memory to arouse yourself. I feel like the one time I had really hot virtual sex (laughs) with someone, this was years ago, was because we were already having really hot sex as is. Right, right. And the times we were apart, he would just send me these text messages that he knew which buttons to push. But if we didn't, let's say, let's not even go as far as we have never had sex. But if we didn't, we were having sex, but the sex (laughs) wasn't that hot. That, I don't know if that button can be no, pushed that easily. No.
0: So I had a really weird situation. You remember this, but it was. <laughs> so I had ended. Oh, yeah. visa, <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you so, exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I had ended a relationship with my ex because he got. He left the US because his visa ended and went back to the UK. You know, it pushed a button that I was really digging guys from the UK. I mean, they have mm-hmm. a really sexy banter and accent and all of that. And I was just.
1: That's your fetish. I, <laughs> I'm not trying to like fetishize an entire nation, but But she, I mean, like we talked to a British woman and she was like, I love her accent. (laughs) <laughs> Let's be honest here. It's not just men. I know you, you was were like, like I you really like need her. to
0: go to London at some point. I know. I really <laughs> just love the accent, but I think I never was really that into it before my last boyfriend, the one that was from the UK. It wasn't like I mean, I always like liked it when I when I found mm-hmm. out he was from the UK. I was like jackpot, you know, like this is mm-hmm. good. Anyways, so I f- I met this. I started talking to this guy on Hinge that was super cute, like really attractive. This was like yeah, probably like. I think we broke up in like May and this was like around like July. So it wasn't like immediately after, but it was still in the vicinity. Mm-hmm. Right. And we started talking on Hinge. And I noticed in his profile, just his language, like he talked about the pub and just like there's like certain like Britishisms. Right. That I picked up on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, are you from like the UK originally? And he's like, actually, I live there. I'm just visiting San Francisco. So we never actually met up. He tried to meet up, but I was kind of like, what's the point? But Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, I don't really know how this kind of escalated. We kept talking. We just, like, enjoyed talking. It was, like, fun and banterous. And we eventually added each other on Facebook. And (laughs) – just talk to each other all day long like it was like a lot of talking and it definitely like started to like escalate like it started cheeky like fun things and then it was like full-on sexual like you know like so we would like hardcore sexed like I would be humiliated if anyone ever saw that Facebook string so (laughs) anyways um what I would give to hack into that
1: Facebook combo right now.
0: So then we took it to the next level and we did a video call. So we did a video mm. call that was not sexual. I think maybe, like, I showed a bra or something. But it wasn't, like... <laughs> a, it wasn't, like, a real thing, right? It was more just to, like, meet and get acquainted and, like, see if, like, our photo... <laughs> a meet and greet... <laughs> Here's one boob. After all that sexting, oh, hey, this is what you look like. Cool. It was kind of like, you know, to see if the photos matched, you know. And we were both like, yeah, we're good with this. And then we did a second one. And things like escalated a little more. And it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good either. Mm. I think I was expecting it to be like my ex. Because I had such fond memories of that time. That's what it is. And this story now that I'm saying it out loud I'm just like finding a new British guy to replace the other British guy like what the <laughs> fuck. But <laughs> sorry sorry. We're to gonna guide. get so many yeah. emails after this. <laughs> but anyways I think where it really f- wasn't the same was that I didn't have an emotional connection with someone mm. and we didn't have a past physical connection. I think in this quarantine time, it lends itself better if you have had an established relationship with the person before and maybe you're just quarantined because you just live with roommates or, you know, your relationship isn't at the level that it's like we should be living together. Right. So I think there's many in-betweens and I think those people could really thrive in a virtual sex situation, but it might be more difficult if you just met off like Bumble or Hinge.
1: So yes and no. And this is why it's so important for us to have our guest (laughs) today is because there are two, two trains of thought here. One is you can use virtual sex to deepen your connection and your relationship. You could also use virtual sex purely to satisfy some of your sexual needs. Look at all the 900 numbers that's the true sex operators back in the day all the virtual sex that you could have with complete strangers obviously it's fulfilling yeah. some sort of pleasure for some people right i think for us maybe we prefer to have that emotional connection first but maybe at some point if this quarantine goes on for like let's (laughs) say years (laughs) 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 fuck it i'm having
0: virtual (laughs) sex with everyone just kidding right no stds
1: (laughs) yeah I mean, I would be the biggest virtual sex whore. I would just want to sleep with everyone just to see what it's like. So it does fulfill this animalistic side of us that maybe you just want to use your imagination to have sex with a complete stranger. But there is an art to phone sex and virtual sex, how you instigate it, how you talk about it, how you use your voice, which I think is super fascinating. That's.
0: The best conversation I had this morning, so I did Uh-oh. a Mother's Day. Oh, was it phone Day- sex? No. Oh, no. Wow.
1: <laughs> you just said Mother's Day and I said phone sex at the same time. Okay. <laughs> two, two phrases that should never be in the same sentence together.
0: <laughs> so I had a Mother's Day virtual brunch today because I'm in California. My parents are in Boston and my brother and his wife are in New York. So we did like a virtual lunch brunch And my mom and dad were having some trouble getting on the virtual, like, on the Zoom. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, boomers. So my sister-in-law and I were talking before they were getting on, and she's like, I've been really digging datable lately. I've been just binging (laughs) and listening to all this stuff. And she's like, I must admit, though, I actually thought Zumping, our last week's episode, was going to be about, like, virtual sex. And I was really interested. I'm like, oh, it's coming. It's coming this week. (laughs) <laughs> such a good. Yeah, one.
1: I mean, I think zumping could definitely we could tr- we could turn that around. I mean, something's such a new term. We might as well make it more positive and sexual, just for your sister in law. I just not? love it.
0: I love these conversations. It makes me so happy.
1: <laughs> and then and then your parents were like, uh, "We've been on this whole time, yeah. actually. Just didn't have our video on. You're like, damn it." And your mom's like, actually, I was really interested in that as well. (laughs) Taking up Mother's Day brunch <laughs> to a whole new level, but that is what this this episode is about. It's about virtual sex and how to be good at it. And it's yeah. not just about like how to get off, but how to really like cater to your partner that you're having virtual sex with, and how to use your voice right. to instigate these feelings and to progress in that sexual adventure you're gonna have over Zoom.
0: So I was telling a mutual friend of ours um, last night. We were talking through text. Text and I was telling her about just like, actually, Louise, she's the one that introduced us to Misha, who's our guest uh-huh. today. And she was like, we were talking and I'm like, you know what? Like, I think my secret fetish is I really just like virtual sex, (laughs) virtual sex. There's something about like being through the screen, but you're like engaging with them, but you're not Mm. there. Like it's, there's something hot about it. And she's like, how do you get good at it? And I was like, I have no idea. She's like, how did you learn how to do it? And I'm like, I (laughs) did it. Like, (laughs) it was a Udemy (laughs) course. They had a sale for
1: $9.99, five weeks.
0: Yep, I enrolled. Now, it's kind of like, I think what I love about this episode too is that Misha really like breaks it down and it's not like an all or nothing. Like, I think you think of phone sex or video sex or whatever that you're just like, you know, going from like zero to 180 immediately. And he really shows that it does not have to be like that. And there's like a lot of ways that you can ease in with reenacting physical touch. Like, that could mm-hmm. even just be like holding someone or holding hands or I'm kissing you. Like, it doesn't need to be like I'm fucking you, right? So,
1: and it's another form of communication of how you show your partner that you care about them and how you're thinking about them. This is kind of a funny story. I just thought of it, Julie. <laughs> is <laughs> so okay back to louise's question of how do you get good at virtual sex i think if you read erotic novels and mm. stories it does help because it helps you to develop the language around what virtual sex could sound like so back in the day when i was like a struggling actor i oh, had God. a friend tell me, <laughs> okay that's not going where you're where you think it's going He was like, did you know you can make six figures doing voiceovers for erotic audiobooks? Oh, my God. (laughs) And and he's like, you can do it in the privacy of your own home. And it's really fun. And he was doing this. So I'm like please just show me your ways. So he showed me this audition that they were taking uh, sample voice reels for. And he's like, just read this excerpt in your home, record it and send it over to them. It was such a hot excerpt that I couldn't finish reading it because it made me so horny. It was so well written. And I couldn't do the voices even because my voice is cracking. I just couldn't because I... It just really transformed me into this scenario, which was like at a massage parlor. It was very, Damn. it was one of those like massage parlors where everyone's hot and naked. And it was just, it was a very good story. Anyway, so from that moment, I, I didn't end up getting the gig because I didn't end up recording this this audio reel at all. But I, I started thinking about what are some ways that I could arouse myself just mm. through words alone. Well, that's first of all. That's why they pay
0: the big bucks. Cause it's not super easy to do, right? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> There's some skill in there. I think it's interesting though because I like. I'm not claiming to be a virtual sex expert in any way. I feel. You can- basically are. <laughs> I can count the number of times on my hand of how many times I've had virtual sex. It's not that many. The one part is that I'm not actually is not something that I am very comfortable with is the talking put piece, like actual mm. like. So I don't think it needs to be kind of all or nothing. Like it was much easier for me when I had a partner that was the one kind of leading that oh. and I was more like chiming in on it. I'm not I would love to learn how to like kind of instigate that a bit more.
1: Continuing education.
0: Yeah. Uni like 201.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I do want to take a moment here because If you decide to take a break from all your virtual sex, (laughs) I would like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Best Fiends. I've talked about Best Beans before because I was searching for the best mobile games to play during this time of social distancing. And this game kept popping up as one of the best. So I downloaded it and I am happily and healthily obsessed with it. <laughs> the game is, it's free to download and basically takes you through a series of challenging puzzles that are fun, but also engages your brain. And it's great because there are a lot of cute bug characters in the game and they make me smile so much. It's like having little critter friends around me all time time. I'm now on level 83 and I keep progressing and every month they give you new games to play and new levels so it never gets old. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. I
0: gotta catch up to you on best fiends, also. Oh yeah, I feel like yeah I'm like, you do. In a different level, which is not level eighty. So, should we get into it? Should we hear from Misha, our guest this week, that's talking about virtual sex, phone sex, virtual sex parties? There's just so much going on in this space right now.
1: Yes. Before we get into it, we have two requests for you. If you like us, if you want to be our friend, this would (laughs) help us tremendously. One is, could you please leave us a review in Apple Podcasts? For us to keep going with the show, for us to attract more sponsors, we need more reviews. That's just how this this business works. And that's how we can keep delivering free content to you all. So if you leave us a review, that would help us tremendously. Yes.
0: The other announcement we have is that we're super excited to partner with Frontline Foods. Uh, So Frontline Foods is a grassroots organization that supports communities during crises such as COVID-19. I think UA and I both really wanted to get behind a charity and we were super excited to learn about this one. One of our past guests, actually, Judy from Season 5, Episode 15 in Sickness and Health is actually part of this organization. So we felt like it was a great one to partner with, but also just love what they're doing. They're basically providing meals from local restaurants to responders and impacted population. 100% of the money raised goes directly to restaurants across the country and basically in return the restaurants will give food to the people on the front line. So, really great cause. It helps us like support the restaurants but also the people that need their this extra support in this time. So, basically if you would like to make a donation, you can go to frontlinefoods.org. That's frontlinefoods.org. So, yeah, we're just excited about it and we wanted to spread the love and share with all of you that also might be looking for some causes to get behind.
1: Really great cause.
0: Cool. So should we get into it?
1: (laughs) I guess so. Nobody wants to hear about virtual sex. Just kidding. Yeah, you do. Here we go. Let's do it. Misha, take it away. A few weeks ago, Julie revealed to us that she went to a phone sex webinar, and uh, we didn't really go too much into detail about that, except a few people remembered it, and they were like, tell us a little bit more. So guess what? This episode, it's it's getting hot in here, because we've got Misha Byrek, who is the man behind the phone sex education, but also just virtual sensuality. And I think one of the major conundrums people face during this time is how to how to get it on, you you know how to like get their physical needs met, and it's a real problem. So Misha is here to educate us. Just a little background about him: he's he lives in San Francisco. He's been here for five years. Originally from Berkeley. He's thirty eight years old, polyamorous, and single, and actively going on dates. He's a life coach, sex educator, with a mission of evolving the national conversation around men and sexuality. He runs workshops on consent and phone sex, and he's also launching a virtual sensuality events company. Hi, Misha. How are you? I
2: am great. It's such a pleasure to be here.
1: Is it is it weird like doing a Zoom call with only two other girls, <laughs> <laughs> not naked?
0: Or
2: are we? No one will ever know.
1: <laughs> I mean, I can certainly remove more articles of clothing to make you feel more
2: comfortable. <laughs> I love that. I feel the safety right now with like talking about sex and getting sensual because there's right the distance creates so much safety, doesn't it? Yes, it calls.
1: really does. So we had someone post on our Facebook group, and they said, you know, if for people whose love language just physical touch, this must be a really hard time for them. And what are some ways they can get around that and still get their needs met? So I would love to learn more about what your events and your your education, what, th- what that entails.
2: Totally. Oh, I hear that. <sighs> Boy, I, touch touch is so important to me. Literally, right, right before COVID hit, I was literally running running cuddle party workshops for men, mm. just because I, I I believe in touch and I believe in touch's healing powers. And I, I received a very clear message from COVID that now is not the time for big cuddle parties or big physical touch. Now is the time to get really really good at all the other forms of sensuality, including including self touch. But one of the, one of the things I love the most about phone sex is that phone sex is an amazing way of of gaining access to your own body mm. because through phone sex you're, you're often not always but mostly touching yourself in some way and it doesn't have to be masturbation right. when I say I'm picturing running my the backs of my fingers along your neck you might during phone sex do that same thing with your own hand and you might discover your body through your fingers through what I'm describing this has actually been a, a big thing that people have given me feedback on. And after, after discovering phone sex, sometimes mm-hmm. through my workshops like, I've discovered my own body in a new way. Like mm-hmm. I'm finding myself touching myself sensually in a new way during phone sex and it's been beautiful.
0: I just want to point out that you have the best phone sex voice. You really do.
1: So, I was like, is it weird? I'm getting a little turned on right now. I've been but. turned on <laughs> since the beginning, since just started talking. <laughs> At a loss for words right now. I was like, oh, you
0: have this nice microphone for podcasting. He's like, no, this is for phone sex.
1: <laughs> I, I Fuck podcasting. This is all about my business, which is phone sex. But this is the thing. So I talked to a few friends about this phone sex idea and all of them across the board said, isn't that kind of antiquated? Like didn't our grandparents have phone sex? Who has phone sex anymore? So Misha, what's your argument for the benefits Uh, and advantages of phone sex?
2: I I love this question so much. Okay. (sighs) And and really with with phone sex, I really am talking about like old fashioned, whatever, but like I am talking about Mm -hmm, mm non-video. I'm totally into the possibilities of sensuality through video when you're incorporating both sound and visuals. But there's a real beauty in the constraint created by by exclusive phone sex. So a couple of things. First of all, when you're oriented towards a screen, right? So if you're going to do long distance sensuality, say with a partner and you're doing it through video, which most people do now, you're orienting towards a screen. You have to arrange the screen Mm. such that you look good. You're thinking about how you look, Mm -hmm. right? This is the same thing where you've been on a FaceTime call with a lover, like half the time you're like adjusting your own hair, (laughs) right? Because because it doesn't hide the image of yourself. Like you're looking at yourself. Um, Zoom has actually a wonderful feature where you can really not see yourself which is right you can put the other person full screen and minimize yourself such but like in general even if you aren't orienting towards how you yourself look which puts you in your head you're still orienting towards how you look and then your your visual you're limited by whatever the size of the screen is you're you're kind of like looking to the screen to source your turn on
0: You know what? That's such a good point. We've talked about it before too, like on this of like the benefits of just a phone conversation, taking sex out of the equation versus Mm -hmm. video. And there's something about not having multiple senses that you can just hear and that you can really just get in. I love this like uninhibited view with sex Mm -hmm. that can come from that of not like having all those just, yeah, like everything that you're worried about.
2: (laughs) Well, and, and I'll go on. Like, not only does it like free you from those inhibitions but it allows you just very concretely right before getting into the the more abstract stuff it allows you very concretely to lie on your own bed put the phone usually a cell phone next to your head on speaker and now you've got your lover's voice in your ear and you've got both of your hands completely free Mm. you can even close your eyes And that's a much more conducive environment to getting into sensuality and getting into Mm. fantasy than anything where you have to like orient the screen or prop it up or hold it, or like your desk where like the desktop (laughs) it, right? Like like phone sex allows you to actually forget the technology to not Mm. be orienting towards your device in any meaningful way except that it has to be within the general vicinity of your head for it to work. But I've found it amazingly effective just to have it a foot or two away from me on my bed and be in my body. It's like I'm being in my body. It's the closest thing I feel to that person being there. They can whisper in your ear. You can whisper in their ear, and and it, it gives rise to the ability to imagine really sweet things. So not just like really like visceral um, like intercourse, but but things like like I'm holding you right now. Like that's harder to really get there if you're mm-hmm. visually seeing. Right.
0: The- <laughs> you're like, I'm holding you. <laughs> right.
2: but, but like you're holding a in water the context of a really juicy phone sex session. It can actually be amazing. In fact, in fact, I find that um, I've been starting to do this with my friends, not phone sex with my friends, but using the phone call where I'm on the phone with like a guy friend over in DC, my best friend. Where and I just did this the other day, where I was like, you know, right now I just really want you to close your eyes and picture that we're hugging.
1: Let's hold that thought for a sec. We'll get right back to it. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes. Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC, all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow! It will awaken your senses increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the high love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, VIA also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at Viahemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to Viahemp.com and use a code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's Viahemp.com and use a code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Viahemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy.
0: I love that because I feel like we've had people like, like to UA's point of like, how do I fulfill this need? And Maybe they're not ready to jump into like a virtual sex party right now, but they're wondering, like, is there a way that I can have some sort of physical need met, whether it's like a hug or a kiss or anything like that? And I mean, definitely would love to hear if you have other ideas, but I think just like visually thinking about it is definitely a step in that direction.
1: And I do want to get to the virtual sex parties. Oh, yeah. I want to work on some technique with phone. And I want to test if Julie was able to (laughs) apply any of the techniques she learned from your workshop. Oh God! How does someone who's never had phone sex even start? Where's the foreplay? How do you do that?
2: I think I think one of the most I I use the word phone sex because that's what people know it as. But one of the things I really want to start is just like like don't think about phone sex as like intercourse in which you have to like you're forced to describe intercourse. Like the Mm. the first step to getting used to phone sex for someone who's never had phone sex is to be sensual with your partner on the phone. And I would recommend starting with imagining a massage or a hug and describing that, Mm. getting comfortable with your sensual voice, getting comfortable with your, your, what I call in the class, sensual exhales, your. (sighs) It's a
1: sensual voice.
2: I'm so glad you asked. So our normal speaking voice, right, is tends to come from our throat, right? You can kind of hear it. It's a little nasally. It's more, it's more airy. It's more bright and chipper. And this is you and me communicating, like professional adults. The sensual voice comes from your pelvis or your belly. The best way to tend, uh, to sense it is just to do what I what I'm about to do. Hmm. Hmm. Right.
1: Whoa, that so- came from my vagina. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So I feel like one of the initial things I thought going in, and you address this in the seminars, like phone sex kind of feels like it could be awkward. And even just like learning like my sensual voice and all that, it's a little overwhelming. Yeah, I love this idea of like, start with a massage. Like, are there other ways that you can help people ease in?
2: Oh, totally. I mean... Like what one of the things to to think about is is I'd like to just share sensual energy with you rather than like let's have phone sex. Cause again, like the semantics really do put a lot of pressure on people. Mm-hmm. Just just being willing to be with a partner in in what is even even without describing cocks and pussies and everything. A very vulnerable place, like being anything but like my normal professional self, this is not vulnerable, but being in my body and sharing that with you via, via sound is really vulnerable because I don't actually have any physical evidence or visual evidence that you're not sitting there with the phone laughing at me, right? That's the, that's the vulnerability that I actually love about phone sex. So both people are entering into vulnerability just by saying, right now, lover, I'm just picturing holding you. Like that's a hugely vulnerable thing.
0: I love that that feels so low risk too, which I think is really nice about it, and then you can like keep easing in a bit more totally,
1: mm, totally. so then how do you ease in let's <laughs> ease on in
2: well well what do you, what do you what do you mean exactly when you say how do you like like how do you escalate
1: yeah, how do you escalate because so this is what I think in person. At least you can use your fingers or your hands, and you, and you can escalate physically. Mm. But when it's purely verbal, how do I take it from I picture myself holding you right now to I want to fuck you? Like how how does that how does that even happen?
2: I would say that you're doing a lot of listening to the other partner and attuning to the other partner. One of the lessons from my workshops and. Something I really believe is that phone sex is sex. Like it, like attunement is the most important thing. Like really deeply listening to your partner. Presence is the most important thing, right? Attunement and presence. So what's the vibe that's happening? Is it feeling really slow and sensual? Or is it feeling like... And you huh. can usually tell from each other's voices. You can really tell like what level of turn on is starting to happen. So I would say, you know, you would escalate slowly. You would just, right. Like, <laughs> right. Just like you might in 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 actual sex, you would start to like explore each other's bodies. You would start to maybe like, and, and, and tune into each other to see if that's where you each want to go, you know? Right. right. So like one thing I get from a lot of men, like heterosexual men is saying like, you know, they'll, they'll jump into. Right. <laughs> right? Just like in real life, they'll jump into, like, the hardcore fucking because, like, that's what they think they're supposed to do. Like, mm-hmm. I love if I can just make another argument for phone sexes. That's a weird thing to argue for. But, like, argument for phone sex is like, ma- male performance is, is, is not the same thing and that's actually a huge area of just just that alone like your your, your uh, really juicy phone sex is in no way dependent on the man's erection
0: mm. That's a really good point. I think like to UA's question, you would never just go from like cuddling to just sex like immediately, like unless that there was that natural progression, like you said, that things escalate through touch. And I think like you can do that same escalation just through your voice from I'm cuddling with you to I'm touching your thigh or whatever it might be like instead of just totally.
2: full on. And and what I've found actually is, and this is really, really juicy is for, for lovers have an established, and this is actually a perfect skill. I've developed it because I'm poly and have lovers that are long distance or that don't live with me, but that I have ongoing relationships with, with a really good phone sex relationship established. You know, if she's feeling really, really turned on at some point, we might go from, like, she might call me up in the middle of the day and it might be, we might do pretty hardcore phone phone sex, like phone fucking, within 10 minutes, but because we're already, like, so there. Right. She might, like, call me up and be like, lover, like, I'm ready and like, (sighs) like, and that won't be like me bringing myself to orgasm necessarily, but it'll be a very sexy scene. I'll leave like energized and turned on and like super like excited. And, you know, like there's all sorts of different ways. Right. So you're the other thing about phone sex is that you're not constrained by the, by the physical. Mm-hmm. And, and you really kind of are with even, even with, with uh, zoom sex, right. Or, or FaceTime sex, you really are constrained by the physical. Mm-hmm. Like if he's talking about his hard cock and you can see that his cock is soft, like that's awkward. Right. Awkward. Right. And then with phone sex, you can also just really go into fantasy. Right? Yeah. Like I can put myself like in a castle, you know, or I can put myself on a spaceship. I can put myself in a forest or on a beach. I can put you like on the sand, like feeling the waves lapping at your toes.
1: Or on a bed of hot dogs. That's...
2: That's where I want to be. Whatever your fantasy whatever, whatever, is. Whatever, you, whatever you think.
1: So here's the question, asking for a friend. For, for, <laughs> for anybody who hasn't tried phone sex, would you advise that they practice alone first or should they just grab their partner and just dive into it?
2: I, I think I know very few people who, if their partner that they are with suggested doing phone sex in a slow and respectful way, wouldn't be excited to do it. I think almost any partner um, or any partnership could benefit from the level of shared vulnerability of being new to it. And the biggest thing I would say is absolutely practice it um, with your partner right away and just take the pressure off from getting into the stuff that you might be having a hard time describing. Like, mm. don't make this like, okay, we're going to have this, we're going to do this for an hour and we're just going to force our way to, right. through it. You know, just be like, I just like to enter it. Like, let's just try it for like a minute. And really take the pressure off. Like what I start with in the advanced session is I move people through the levels of abstraction. So the first thing you start with is literally what's happening to you right now. I am currently like running my fingers over my face and stretching my fingers over my shoulder muscles and running them over my chest. Right, like that's literally what's happening. Right.
1: So you're describing what you're doing to yourself.
2: Yeah. So that's step that's that's level one.
1: Got it. Okay. Like
2: right? level two is I'm picturing or I'm imagining or this is what I'm doing to you. Mm-hmm. Right. And you've 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 reached some level of abstraction or imagination. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: I love that. I love starting with yourself because that's so much easier and less mm-hmm. awkward to just like put that out there
2: that's such a juicy part of phone sex. It's like, you're right. And everybody thinks phone sex is like, Oh lover, are you hard right now? Or, Oh lover. Like, are you like, show me how wet you are. Like going to this kind of like very intense sexual space and no, like phone sex is, is all about sensuality. It's all about taking the time to like turn yourself on just with the quality of your voice and like the kind of action that might not turn you on in, in bed physically with your partner will really turn – you'll be surprised at how much hearing that partner describe that action yeah. will turn you on.
0: Well, you said something mm. super interesting in your um, – is it called – like, do you call it workshop seminars? Like, what is kind of your terminology? I, I call it workshop Okay, in your workshop, I think you mentioned a point that like this is a really good time to explore some like different sexual needs or kinks or like different Mm -hmm. things that could be there because it's a low risk way to do it. Again, I'm not saying that you should like tie yourself up by yourself in your home. That's probably
2: not a good idea. But necessarily recommend that. No. Yeah, but you could like experience shibari.
0: But could you like say that and say like, I'm visualizing myself doing that. That's yeah. a really good way to explore it and see if it's something that like you could even be interested in.
2: Totally. And what's so and what's so juicy is like, I love that example. Like, let's say that in a scene, it's getting hot and heavy and I start talking about how I'm tying you up. And, that, and you're giving me the indications that that's really working for you, right? So I often say this, this is an important point, like a big part of phone sex is whoever's listening is giving affirmations and like mm-hmm. encouragements over the phone. You don't want to be trying to have phone sex with a dead phone line. Right. right? <laughs> there, it's a big, t- yeah. no, I mean it, like Consent, in, physical sex, right? yeah, in physical sex, you can like, I mean, silence is kind of like more accepted, like I wouldn't ever impose normative, but in phone sex, I'd say that unless it's pre-negotiated, most people should interpret like dead silence, as something's not right. right. I mean, an extended silence. Like, a moment of silence is a beautiful thing to share, but, like, I'm talking about, like, if I've been talking for two minutes and I haven't heard a moan or a breath or, like, right. a single tale or mmm, yes, lover, yes, or anything, like, something's wrong, I think, right. you know? And it's really hard for me as someone doing the talking to sense that. I've got no feedback right now. are like, like, hello, you know, like, are, you,
1: are you still there? Can you, right. <laughs> you like that's, that's what I want, to avoid.
2: I want to avoid the sense of like, hello, are you still there? Because it loses connection. So I, I know I want to answer your question, Julie, but like, um, yeah, it's so important to both parties be like using their like, mm, yes. Like just doing mm's is really useful. Okay. But then, but like, I love that, like phone sex allows you to be really good at ropes. Like I have no shibari tying skills. (laughs) In phone sex, I'm a ninja. (laughs) Like in phone sex, like I'm tying her up exactly the way she wants to be tied up Mm. and using exactly the kind of knots that like turn her on without having to know how to do them in physical, in physical reality.
0: Okay. So we talked about how couples can do phone sex. What about if you're single and you don't really have any prospects during quarantine?
1: Okay, so we talked about- Let's take a moment for our sponsor, Generation Tux. While during this time, many plans are being postponed, especially the big day for some, we wanted to pass along this great offer from Generation Tux for when plans resume again. For all you men out there planning your special day, Generation Tux takes away the headache of finding the perfect tux. You simply create your look online, including your groom's party, and everything arrives within 14 days of your big day at your doorstep. Generation Tux offers free home try-on program for grooms. You can also get free swatches delivered straight to your door. And after the big event, just put everything back in the box and use a prepaid label to drop off at UPS. So keep note of this free shipping, free swatches, free home try on. Now you can save time and money with Generation Tux. Check out generationtux.com slash dateable and use the promo code dateable for 10% off your entire groom's party. Again, that's generationtux.com slash dateable and check out with the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E. Now back to the show
0: about how couples can do phone sex? What about if you're single and you don't really have any prospects during quarantine?
2: Well, um, one of the things that we've been finding is that my workshops themselves have been a pretty safe container for people to meet each other. And develop phone sex practice buddies, <laughs> <laughs> where where you know two single people um, are both interested in this thing by virtue of showing up at the workshop, and then they they connect with each other and have a practice buddy and explore sensuality in this really really safe way. There's amazing things that happen with your sexuality when at a physical distance, and this this applies to the virtual play parties too. Like really wonderful things open up from that from that space of safety. And I've had um, a few. Otherwise, platonic friendships kind of um, add phone sex as a component to these friendships mm. since quarantine began.
0: Friends with phone sex benefits. <laughs> yeah,
2: sharing sensual, sensual space like in that way like can feel really safe. I won't speak for anybody else, but it, I've felt that the physical distance um, allows us to just go into fantasy fulfillment for each other in this really kind of generous friend friend oriented way. That doesn't necessarily have to have the implications of relationship. I, I think exploring sensual sensual space via phone with a, a newer potential partner that you're interested in is really juicy, but I know that that doesn't work for everybody because I've gotten a lot of feedback on that, that like dating via phone sex can be right. really challenging. But I still think that like sharing sensual space that's not even necessarily erotic can be a really really beautiful way to date for single people with people that they might be interested in like just seeing like can we go into this space together that's that's instead of just having our phone calls or video chats just being like talk A to just enter into a space where we're we're, sh- we're both in our bodies together
0: yeah or like mm. what you were saying earlier about just like hugging or cuddling like maybe yeah. there's something you can get there from this
2: oh 100% there's some really beautiful virtual cuddle sessions that I've had with people where I'm just like, with consent, because it is vulnerable, again, and I would use the sensual voice, it wouldn't be like the voice to like, try to turn you on necessarily, if that wasn't the, the agreed upon thing. But it really is important to go into sensual voice. It's really hard to say, I'm cuddling you right now. <laughs> you know? Wow, that's
0: sexy. Yeah, well,
2: Right? Like it's really, it puts you right in your head, like that voice. It really, a lot has to do with the voice. And right. everybody has a central voice within them. There's a myth that people don't have this. but
0: Maybe you could even discover it on your own. Like I think like Yue, you asked the question earlier, like should you practice on your own before a partner? My mm-hmm. feeling, and again, I think everyone's probably different. My feeling is it's kind of like practicing for a big presentation. Like you don't want to get too in your head, but you also like want to be prepared. So maybe yeah. if you have the luxury of having a partner you don't need to necessarily go as like solo on it. But if you don't, maybe it's just an opportunity to get in touch with your own sexual side.
1: I also find just moaning by myself is really comforting. (laughs) It just feels good to just make these pleasurable sounds. Because when I do end up making them with a partner, one, it feels Mm -hmm. a lot more natural. And two, I feel really in tune with my body when I make these sounds. So that's always a good way to practice. But Misha, for you, when you do these workshops, I'm guessing it's strangers who come and take the workshop. And then do they then go on and practice with each other?
2: Totally. Um, Either with each other, I do an advanced workshop that I offer them practice sessions within. And I have a way of doing that that's really safe, which is that I pair them up in one-on-ones and I offer them specific types of prompts but the actions that they're describing with each other are all relatively G-rated. It's massage or eye gave.
1: Ah, got so it, got it.
2: Right, so I'm not inviting random strangers to try to have phone sex with each other. That wouldn't be safe, but like most, <laughs> most people are willing to have a phone massage and, and keep it clean like that.
0: So we talked about Mm. phone sex, which obviously has its benefits, but I think there is something really fun about being on video. So I would love to Mm -hmm. hear about these virtual sex parties a little more. All right.
1: And these virtual sex parties are really taking off, like Killing Kittens, Mm -hmm. the global sex club, has been experimenting with weekly online play dates. So this is kind of the future. Even when we get out of quarantine, I really think virtual sex parties are still going to be a thing. Ben and Kate
0: said too, when we talked, to them that like they can't run sex parties for the rest of 2020 because it's like first of all there's too many people And Mm -hmm. also it's like the most extreme version of touching people. Right. So it's like, even once the quarantine gets lifted, like we're going to have to figure out virtual means for this.
2: I agree. And, and again, I would go back to the idea of sharing erotic space rather than sex. When we hear sex, we hear intercourse. I think a lot of people who are new to sex parties, the big myth that most people who haven't gone to a sex party have is that they're going to go to a sex party and there's going to be a bunch of dudes there who expect them to have sex, like actual intercourse. right? Like, isn't that the big myth that like people, and they haven't gone to one?
0: And it was not like that at all when we went,
2: at all. And any any decent sex party or any halfway ethical sex party would never, ever impose any kind of expectations like that on anybody ever. What we're finding is the, the legal liability and potential danger of full-on nudity at, in the virtual space is pretty big. It, there's a lot of safeguards that we're putting in place that we're starting to put in place um, mm. in kind of a startup kind of organization we're calling it for love right now
0: wait is it like leaking video is that the legal part that you're
2: oh i mean like we could we could geek out on this but like i mean there are people for whom like because of professional reputation um their families could mm. kick them out like being recorded mm. in a place they could be fired because Got of that. More- Causes any kind of record record of them in any what you what you'd call a com- compromising situation. There's also would be would be kind of a non-starter. So the level of trust that they have to have Mm go there is this monumental I'm starting a new organization that level of trust just hasn't been built yet between all the different people so uh, that's that's one of the things we're also finding that there's plenty of people who just don't care about that there's there's also plenty of people who are happy to get pretty pretty wild on screen and are finding frankly a newfound a newfound sense of just like I don't care like I'm gonna I'm exhibitionistic I'm gonna discover that part of myself I'm safe here Mm. like I don't care like if you want to like put my grainy video on the internet Like no one wants that, but like also some people are just like kind of willing to take the risk and we're creating, and this I really want to emphasize, we're creating really safe containers to do that. We started Mm -hmm. off like in the midst of like the COVID epidemic of just like, oh my God, like what is going on? Let's just try to like, let's do some experiments. We did some experiments and now we're at the inflection point where we're not doing any more parties with nudity without a huge number of controls a- mm. in place and a huge amount of vetting for every single person who comes yeah. um, and a huge like amount of like, we've done tech due diligence. We've talked to lawyers. Like there's all kinds of stuff that we could be personally liable for, not to mention like any kind of nudity. Technically you're supposed to collect ID because that could be construed as mm, right, right. Um, that, um, Orgy Dome does, like you, you have to create whole paper records. So nudity and it is, is the big factor. So what we're finding is that the sessions and the rooms that we're hosting, because um, each of our parties tends to be like four or sometimes even five or six different simultaneous Zoom rooms with different themes or types of experience, all with a host, all with a lot of facilitation, that the ones where that don't kind of emphasize nudity, where for instance we're all kind of having like really sensual phone sex with each other or we're all like going on a guided erotic journey or like has a have a tantra teacher like giving us a guided erotic experience or um something more playful like um how can everybody in this room turn the host on with their shoulder Right, and just, like have like a you know a bunch of people just like trying to be sexy with their shoulder, and make it like lighthearted, or watching erotic uh, films together, and all. Mm. Like, we might be touching ourselves, but we're doing it off camera. Like that mm. is that's legit. We mm. that, that, don't, you know, and that can be a lot more safe. Or everybody's in sexy lingerie, but no one's technically naked, and we're doing lots of strip teases or dances, mm. burlesque, or reading erotica to each other. Like there's so much that the safety of the screen creates space for that might not make sense to pay $50 and get yourself all dolled up and go to a party for.
0: What is a guided erotic journey?
2: Well, you know how I was having phone sex? Well, So like people in the neo-tantra world do this all the time. They'll get a, a group of people together and everyone, men and women, and people will be touching themselves. And sometimes it's just women or men. Um, and a, a guide will literally bring them into their bodies, kind of almost like a guided meditation,
0: mm-hmm. right? You've
2: done a guided meditation. You kind of yeah. see, mm-hmm. I can take you into a state, but this is simply a guided meditation that's explicitly erotic. And you could do it in a lot of different ways. You could do it very abstractly and talk about like energy and tantric and channel it, channel the energy you could do it really explicitly and have someone essentially like turning you on with like very explicit language that's Mm. that's sexy you could do a combination of the language with a visual so you could have someone interacting on the screen who's like the host and being paid to like turn everybody on but doing it in a more interactive way right the difference is this isn't camming this isn't chatterbait this is not like one person putting on a performance and everybody else safe behind the anonymity of a, of a username right like everybody's in the space together and what we're really excited about creating is a space where everybody's where everybody's camera is two-way where we're all in it together even if right. the host is kind of leading like we're this is a space for Communal experience, not just one to many voyeurism.
1: What what are some of the rules? Because I know for the sex parties we've been to, I love that I said sex parties. There was just one. The one sex party.
0: The one sex party we went the whole to.
2: The yeah,
1: We were <laughs> yes, we did okay. with consent, of course. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, no.
1: yeah. Um, it was great. But the one sex party we went to, there were a lot of rules, and yeah. I think it's necessary for something like that before virtual sex parties, what are can you give us just some of the main rules totally. that
2: people have to follow? Yeah, absolutely. And and I just really want to pause and just give a major shout out to Oregon House and to the pioneering mm-hmm. work that Ben and Kate and the rest of that team have done around sex party normalization and sex culture and sex positive culture normalization. They're a massive influence on me personally. Us too. <laughs> so the rules that we've come up with and these are pretty much these are, from talking to people who other people who have been throwing sexual spaces, one of the core ones is video on.
1: I could see that. That'd be really awkward
0: if someone was sitting there.
2: Yeah.
1: Remember, Julie, that was my question. I wanna go, but I just wanna turn my video off and just be a voyeur. Okay, I guess that's out of the question. uh,
2: It's absolutely out of the question. Now that said, you don't need to like, you know. Have your video on and do anything. Mm. You like. We do create a space in all of our events. Like we don't force anybody ever to do anything.
0: Right. right? That makes if, sense.
2: If we do. We have like normative expectations that know that people are going to like make their lighting pretty or make their camera angle flattering or any of those things. We invite people to get into their bodies and be exhibitionistic or or demonstrative in some way. Um. But we don't ever insist on it. Like, you can sit there mm. and watch. But you are by by having your video on, you're participating. There's a level of shared vulnerability,
0: right? Um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, that's critical. Mm-hmm.
2: A level. Well, it's of also
0: creepy to be like, "Who's that person on the other side?" If you're like, you know, yeah. doing all this stuff.
2: Yeah, and it sends the message to everybody else that like you're not part of the thing. You're not with right. them. You know, when people have their video on, it's a level of vulnerability that really needs to be matched and met.
1: Yeah, it's a shared experience. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. It's not the movies. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I would so assume, good. and let me know if I'm correct on this like, no phones or like anything else. That's yep, like
2: 100%. Yeah, yeah. We can't, we we have an absolute prohibition against anybody whipping their phone out uh, for any reason. Right. Like, a lot of times people are like, oh, but I'm just tech, like, right? no like you can't and then we can get into nitty gritty for instance like um we don't have this as a real rule but we've seen for instance that it's really like there's things that are like really disconnecting and that contribute to a, a negation of the vibe so one of those is bad lighting and mm. but another another one is the disembodied genital <laughs> like we we try to like invite people to be fully present and even if that does involve at some point their genital like there's some people who literally just want to go into a sex space and just show their cock mm. and it's like
1: Oh, <laughs> no
2: thanks. Oh, yeah. Right. It's, so Ooh, hey,
1: at it, least put a hat on it or something. Especially in,
2: in hetero spaces, it tends to be a, a turn off, right? Like we can. Right. Actually, one of the things that we're really finding in virtual space is that, so if you go to a, a physical sex party, most, especially in the Bay Area, tend to, to, to really frown on watching just abjectly voyeurism without, without consent, right? So if a couple's getting it on, you can't literally stand over them and watch.
1: Oh shit. Right. I made that mistake for sure. Right. I mean like
2: <laughs> some people don't care. Like some people like, I mean, there's a level of exhibitionism that's expected. Yeah like like there's an understanding that like within a certain like space radius like you're part of the scene and like someone watching like right up front you weren't doing that (laughs) you were
1: not but Misha I am such a noob now I'm looking back I totally regret what I did so there was a couple at the sex party we went to that was super hot (laughs) like just really hot bodies and they were getting on just the two of them for like two hours and when we were outside waiting for our lift they were as well (laughs) and I went up to them I like basically wanted to fit bump them and say i I said you guys were killing it in there and they looked mortified and they ran to their to their lift and i now i understand why because i did not tell them or ask for permission to watch but yeah it's i mean they were killing it it's an
2: interesting thing right because like technically everybody's in front of each other but the act of voyeurism is recognized it can be really violating. Yeah. So, so what we've found is that in a virtual sex space, watching is a lot more tolerated because that's kind of what you're doing. Like, if you've got 20 people mm. and they're on themselves or they're all in a central space, you really like watching is what's happening. But that said, and, we, and we're, we're now creating a kind of prohibition against this if you watch someone, at a virtual sex party, right? And don't interact with them in any other way and don't get their consent and then go on Facebook, track them down oh God, yeah, and be like, be hey, bad. yeah, that was really hot, like watching you. That's kind of violating. Yeah, so I know, I get like, it. Okay, I was that, that. creepy. Like, like, so that's not okay, right? You were like, a virgin, you way, it's okay. Now you've no, learned. No, <laughs> And, and, and like, yeah, no one goes to sex parties without having made mistakes. Like, I really want to normalize that for you, UA. Like, thank thank you for sharing the vulnerability of having made a mistake. And that's part of the culture. It's like what what people learn. Like, we're, right. we're all coming out of patriarchy through these parties, at least.
0: So, Misha, <laughs> at the physical one we went to, there were like different rooms of stuff happening, right? Like, there was the room where people were getting whipped. There was like the room where the full-on orgy was happening. You kind of describe like some of the rooms... But is that level? I know like you also mentioned that you are taking like precautions now. But like when you first started off, were there like full on orgies happening? Were there couples like going at it? People like masturbating yeah. solo? Like what are some of those rooms?
2: Totally. And what, what we found was that like in general, like we'd, we'd create like a kind of a lounge area where people like a lounge room that was like chill not sexy no nudity no no sex no couples like with a camera just like having sex where people were talking and maybe having a little background music we'd also create like a dance room where people could like just get into their bodies um and usually something like like a little bit more like participatory, lighthearted or humorous, like um, sharing erotic stories. This like oh. everybody going around and being like, I'm going to tell you some sex stories like from like my hot past and like getting turned on by each other and like meeting each other. And like that's really important. In the in the sensual spaces themselves, the rules have generally been no crosstalk. Like no conversation, like that tends to take people out of their right. You got twenty people, and like five people are really getting into their bodies and touching themselves, and then one dude is like just starting a random conversation with someone. Like that, yeah. Because we're all listening to the same discourse in a in a in a virtual chat or in a Zoom room. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that's like-
0: annoying on Zoom calls that aren't sexual. So I can imagine it would be like twenty yeah. times worse on this. <laughs>
2: so so we we insist on um, like the only sounds that are welcome are like your deep sensual erotic voice and complimenting and affirming each other. And only doing that in a really deep and sensual erotic way. Or moans, groans, sensual exhales, Mmm. And then some very, very sexy music. And that's the soundscape. And then visually, yeah, like we, I mean, we've had people doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Like we've had people really getting fully into their bodies um, and getting explicitly sexual and couples having sex in front of the camera and people masturbating and and then all sorts of like really juicy other things, you know, like people really being sexy with their sex toys. Yeah,
1: use props.
0: Is it mostly couples or mostly singles or kind of like a mix of both?
2: Oh, it's a, it's a mix, you know? Um, I'd say it's mostly singles and then, and yeah, the way it's interesting, like if you're a couple hooking up or a threesome hooking up on screen, we've noticed that there's like a different level of involvement if you're just kind of like, if your energy is towards each other, right? So mm. like the difference, if you're looking at a screen, think of the difference between like watching from a single camera angle, <laughs> right? right? Like a grainy video of a couple having sex on the bed over there it's like how interesting is that gonna be yeah right? but then imagine like a couple like both looking at the camera
0: mm. and
2: touching each other in a way that's interactive with the camera with the screen got right? it like a man like kissing the woman's neck like really sensuously and the woman like looking at the camera and like flirting mm. with the camera while that's happening. It's a whole range of ways that couples can like participate or not right or they yeah. can just be like yeah we're sexy just like watch us.
0: Well I guess that makes sense too because also like I know like when we talked to Ben and Kate they said a lot of people in the poly community even though they had partners they weren't necessarily quarantined with them right now like if they had roommates or they had multiple partners like so even people that are art in per se, like partnerships might be solo current day. So that right. makes a lot of sense.
2: And I mean, I'd say that like, especially the early days, like me and my, and uh, Ethan Cantil Voorhees, who's um, been organizing these things with me and we're expanding the team now, but like, um, because it was our, our networks and our friends, like it was a lot of poly people and people who were really experienced with, with play mm-hmm. parties in general, like that's now changing and shifting. One of the things that's really juicy about these parties is like Esther Perel talks about this in the state of affairs, like that, how important it is for even monogamous people, especially monogamous people to define what monogamy means. Like, what's your definition of monogamy mm-hmm. is going to a virtual sex party within our balance or not. Right. Like, like, is it okay for you to masturbate to porn? Is it okay for you to touch yourself even without me at all?
1: Like mm-hmm. define
2: your monogamy. Mm-hmm. Like I, I refuse to accept that like monogamy people, monogamous people don't have the space for this. In fact, I think right. there's plenty of monogamous people, um, both coupled and single, for whom a, a virtual sensuality event would be a really juicy. Um, oh
0: yeah, theater. I wanted to go last weekend, but I didn't see the the way to get in. <laughs> <laughs>
2: totally, yeah, <laughs> get we're not with pause the parties just for this week. Yeah. or 2 we get all of our security and technical ducks in a row and legal stuff, and we have to, there's a bunch of stuff that we have to do to do them responsibly. That makes
0: sense. So how many people was it when you first started? Like how many of you run? Like I guess how did it grow from then to before you pause things?
2: Um, well, we organically grew it to about three or 400 people in a facebook group the max number we had at a single event was like a hundred um
1: that's a lot of zoom pages to scroll through
2: yeah but not everybody was in the same page room at the same time like oh got it i've been facilitating most of the sensuality spaces that we've run the largest one that was like explicitly pretty sexual was like 40 people Mm. But then we've had parties that are as, as small as like 25 people and I've seen parties uh, I can't like talk about in detail that weren't mine that were like larger. I, I think it does get a little discombobulating in those spaces with more than more than 20, 25 people. The way that at least that I've been facilitating these is like to a certain degree, we're all kind of in the same experience. It's almost like we're all making love with each other, you mm-hmm. know?
1: It's like an orgy. Yeah.
2: And like, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because like everybody's in their own space. Like you're 100% physically safe, right? Right. You're touching yourself. Like there's, we don't know, you've got a screen name. You're just a face or a body, right? But like, we're all sharing in the same erotic energy in a way that I find that in physical sex parties, you're really not like, you're limited by the people that you're physically touching. I love going to sex parties and like dancing amongst all the writhing bodies. Like I get a lot of energy. Right. those people like and there are there is like a huge a palpable energy coming off a lot of people like sharing love so freely and i think that's what we're all tapping into with these in these virtual spaces is the ability to share collective erotic energy in a really safe way
0: really goes way beyond sex
2: yeah the whole word idea, Yeah, the word sex is really is really limiting right yeah. It's ultimately
0: I guess my last question for you is, okay, so we feel like maybe through 2020, physical sex uh-huh. parties still might not be a thing. What about afterwards? Let's say, and okay, of course, we don't know, we, we can't predict the time, but let's say in a perfect world, we have a vaccination, we're allowed right. to be in big groups. Do absolutely. you see a need for this virtual space still?
2: I absolutely do. Sharing erotic or sensual energy um, collectively is... A transformative experience and that I'm, I'm pretty evangelistic for it. And I think it's a huge jump to just go to a sex party, a physical yeah. one. I yeah. think that there's a, fun, there's a few functions here. There's a function of them being um, bridge events for people, right? Or bridge experiences for people who are interested oh, yeah. in but want to do so safely. I think there are amazing ways of meeting people Um, and making connections in in newer communities like so there's like this like kind of singles meeting factor that's really that's really juicy especially again like don't think of it as like oh my god i have to go and get naked with someone and before i even know them it's like no like what if i just went to a space and met someone who had a really sexy erotic story and i liked the way he was sharing it and like I chatted him and we had like, we started getting into really cool chat. And then we met, you know, like that's more of like what we're seeing from, from
0: mm-hmm, people coming okay. to our,
2: our, our events. Like this is a very safe and potentially if you want it to be safely anonymous way of having authentic virtual connections, uh, you know, online, just mm-hmm. different from Pornhub or Chatterbait or any of the current options, which are all about like, frankly, getting off, right. Much less about meeting. In an authentic way, in a shared vulnerability way.
1: Yeah, and those are passive too. Right.
0: So yeah, I mean I think that like actually plays to my biggest takeaway of this whole thing is that like I obviously understand there are some parts that still need to get ironed out in terms of virtual safety. But the side that is very safe feeling is that you are by yourself. Like you can explore whether that's like that you would never have gone to a sex party on your own. There is a very big hurdle of like getting out the door, like being comfortable arriving at something that's so unknown. And I think I kind of think about it, uh, this is gonna be a weird analogy, but like kind of like virtual therapy to actual therapy. It's like it helps Mm. you like ease into it and you get comfortable. So then you're ready to take that next step and actually do it in the physical And I love this part too about just like using your imagination and could you start exploring some areas of your own sexuality if you're not with a partner, or if you are with a partner, some areas of your sexuality that might be things that you've never tried before because you were scared, or maybe there's a kink that you've always wanted to try, but you've never had the guts to do it. So I think there's a Mm -hmm. lot of really interesting exploratory paths here. Yeah.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I love that. I think this current lockdown situation, Coursera, Udemy, all these mm-hmm. online academies are they're seeing their businesses triple. It's because people want to learn, learn, learn. And I really think with virtual sex and phone sex minus the sex part, we'll just call them phone Phone sensuality yeah. or virtual sensuality—it's just another form of communication. And if we're trying to take on more information or to learn more about communication, and how we operate, this should be part of the curriculum. Yeah. I I really hope a Coursera or Udemy would offer these courses too because it is continuing education. Mm-hmm. I also love Misha that you call your partners lovers. Yeah. To me, it's—I haven't thought about calling a partner a lover in so long. I say love. To my friends as a joke, Mm -hmm. but there's something really sweet about that term. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of like if you're at war and then you're (laughs) and you're calling up your lover. Lover, I miss you. Yeah. Yeah. It's extremely romantic and it makes it it makes it seem like you are somehow taking care of this person there's something very Mm -hmm. nurturing about that term Mm -hmm. and i hope we can use that term more often with our partners just like such a beautiful term to use so i'm gonna start using that starting today i love it i'm gonna call everyone lover but in in like not a joking way yeah (laughs) The other thing that has been interesting
0: is through coronavirus, there's obviously been a lot of doom and gloom. A lot has been taken away from us, including mm-hmm. being sexual with partners and all of that. At the end of the day, I was like reading one of the articles about just like this whole virtual sex party industry booming and like sex is something that makes us happy. And while we're at home, we're still doing our part by staying home. Like, can we cue into all of these things that make us feel like um, as much as alive as we possibly can during this time? Oh, I
2: mm-hmm. love the way you said mm-hmm. that.
0: Any other closing remarks that you have, Misha?
2: <sighs> I, I feel like you just summed it up so perfectly. Can I plug? Is that Yeah,
0: weird? please do.
2: Keep plugging. Um, so I'm running these uh, virtual uh, or the phone sex workshops are being run regularly. You can find them at my website, evolve.men. So that's evolve.men. Um, and then we are experimenting um, in, in For Love. Like we have application processes to get in, of course, and like all that's happening. We're not just randomly throwing parties for strangers, but we really encourage people to come and check out like potentials within this space. So check out For Love. Awesome. And just, just really... Really, really saying thank you to both of you for the the opportunity to, to share this passion of mine. And I'm really, I'm so deeply grateful for the space that you hold.
0: Well, thank you for opening our eyes to a whole different way that we can use the quarantine to like explore our sexualities and sensualities in different ways. I'm mm-hmm. going to work on my voice. That's my
1: takeaway. And beyond the quarantine yeah. too. I really think oh, all yeah. of us, including of our listeners, should do our best sensual moan on the count of three. Let's just try it. Let's just do, take hey. it from your pelvis. Take it from your genitals. That's where it's rooted from. All right. One, two, three. Uh, mm. uh. Oh, wow, that was beautiful. That's a beautiful way to wrap it up. And you should always wrap it up. To practice safe sex. <laughs> Even virtually. <laughs> Even virtually. Well, thank you again, Misha, for sharing your knowledge with us. And if you, our listeners at home, have tried phone sex or a virtual play event of any sort, we want to hear about your experience and what that was like. Okay, we're going to wrap this up. Day-Datable. Day datable.
2: Dateable.
1: Damn, I just came. <laughs> the Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag StayDateable and trust us, we look at all those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect analyze and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums we're also downloadable for free on spotify apple Podcasts, google play overcast stitcher radio and other podcast platforms your feedback is valuable to us so don't forget to leave us a review and most importantly remember to stay
2: dateable